You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. When I think of iconic performances, I first think of Michael Jackson at the Motown 25 television special. This is where he performed Billie Jean and hit the infamous moonwalk, a dance that would change the game for me and you, your mama, and your cousin too. Then I think of 2018 and Coachella, where Beyonce famously shut the game down so thoroughly that they started calling it Beachella, where Beyonce took Frankie Beverly and May's Before I Let Go and made it her own. So much so that when you hear that song now, it's probably hers that you're listening to. But when I think of the most iconic performances of all time, the one that really sticks to your ribs and and, and makes you feel something, well, there's only one man, one band, and one song that comes to mind. Be called the great ass. Love of all inside of me. This is Dear Culture, and these are significant moments in black history. How do I actually know Randy Watson? Um, I'm actually from Queens. Queens? So I'm not from Jackson Heights. I'm actually from Hollis, Queens. But anybody who's from Queens knows who Randy Watson is, even though I wasn't a huge fan of That's My Mama. And you all know is Joe the Policeman from the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. But I, I did see him in the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. I do love Whitney Houston. So obviously, when we have a Black Awareness Rally, I'm going to be there. And the fact that he you know, did such an amazing job with Whitney Houston's I Believe the Children of the Future, um, I'm glad that I could be there and represent Queens and support my boy Randy Watson. I was raised in a home by Randy Watson fans. You know, my grandmother used to tell me about the time where she was in a juke joint and uh, heard somebody singing with a band. And this was before he he joined Sexual Chocolate. Um, And she heard this golden-voiced, silky-haired man singing like an angel. And she asked who it was, and someone told her his name was Randy Watson. And since then... She was like a Randy Watson stand. And so I was raised in a home where, you know, we listened to some of his early recordings on uh, Deltone Records. You know, I, I know a little bit more about Randy Watson than most people. I'm Dr. Christina Greer. I'm an associate professor of political science at Fordham University. I'm also the host of The Blackest Questions at The Grio. My name is Michael Harriet, and I'm a columnist at The Grio. My name is Aloysius, one name. They say I got Brazilian in my family. Former bass player for Sexual Chocolate. What do I think of Randy Watson? Listen, Randy Watson, he cool. You know what I'm saying? He cool. Sang a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Got a little style and flair to him. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Sure, the mother can sing, but that mother owes me $47. And until I get my money, ain't gonna be too much sweet talk around here. You know what I'm talking about? Sexual chocolate. Mike drop that. Where were you when you first heard his rendition 
of the greatest love of all. First of all, if you look at his um, recordings in the early 70s, he did a uh, demo of that, like the actual song, The Greatest Love of All. Um, he sang the demo. One of the things that I always point out is I think that Randy Watson should get uh, writing credits for that song because in the demo, it says, I believe the people are the future. And then Randy Watson said, what if we put cheer in here? And you can hear them telling him, explaining how to say children. I believe the children are our future. Thank you. I think the first time I heard it was probably on like New York Hot Tracks. Um, you know, staying up, recording it, and then I'd watch it on Saturday mornings. And, you know, Whitney Houston is such an icon. And, you know, when you take someone's artistry, you don't want to recreate someone's song if you can't do it better than the original artist. And here we are, we've got Whitney Houston, who just sings that whole song down. But then you've got Randy Watson, who takes it to a whole new level. I mean, in ways that Whitney couldn't have even done. Teach him well and let them lead the way. We rehearsed The Greatest Love of All for, I don't know, two, three minutes tops before Randy went out there and was like, hey, we gonna do this. You know what I'm saying? And, and I got to say, I have got to say, uh, as much as I enjoy the Whitney Houston version of I Believe the Children Are Our Future, uh, Randy, what Randy did, I don't think anybody else can do it. He just need to pay me my money. But nobody else can do what Randy Watson could do. You know what I'm saying? Randy Watson uh, is a one of a kind. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Who are the greatest singers of all time? Give me your top five greatest singers of all time. You know, when I think of the great singers of all time, you know, I typically think of a, you know, there's there's Marvin, uh, there's a there's this young fella out of Atlanta now, Jaquees. Uh, he got himself in a little bit of trouble one time because he called himself the king of R&B. But you know what? He might be right. Uh, Keith Sweat, definitely one of the greatest singers of all time. Um, Janet Jackson, absolutely. You know, me and Janet had a little, uh, you know what, I won't get into that. This ain't about me. I mean, he's on the Mount Rushmore. You know, obviously being from Queens, I'm a little partial, right? So, you know, if I'm going to have Randy up there, I'm going to have Rick James up there because he's also, you know, he's from Buffalo, New York. So we got to sort of represent the Empire State. Um, and then, you know, I guess I could put Michael Jackson and Prince up there. But, you know, it, when you think of sheer artistry, sheer creativity, um, the ability for someone to bring Black people together in the most fundamental ways. It's, you know, I would say, of my four, Randy Watson's my number one. Okay, top five. I'm going to have to say Aretha, Luther, Marvin Gaye, Whitney Houston, because, God, Whitney Houston. And I want to kind of go off book but it's really no way that you can be a legitimate music critic or even have any kind of be taken seriously, really, in the world if you don't put Randy Watson at number one. Randy Watson, the GOAT. Can you talk to me a little bit about the band Sexual Chocolate? Uh, you know, you always think about who the greatest bands are. You know, you hear like, oh, it's the Beatles or like it's the Temptations or there's always that Mount Rushmore conversation. What's the greatest band? What's the greatest like hip hop group? You know, when I think of great bands, 
that have come together. And, you know, and I, I love a lot of like the hairspray bands from the 80s. And, you know, you can even think about like Led Zeppelin and and uh, Pink Floyd and, you know, other other bands that I think, you know, are really great and have, and have contributed to music uh, in a lot of fundamental and foundational ways. But they can't hold a candle to sexual chocolate. I'd like to give a big round of applause to my band, Sexual Chocolate. They just can't. I mean, when you look at them and how they ride a beat with Randy in lockstep while he's talking to the audience, while he's singing, while he's, you know, communicating, even with the models off stage, you know, even with the pastor, he's communicating while he's singing. He's in the moment. He's at once present and future thinking. And the band can anticipate that. They know sort of the energy of Randy Watson. You can't find that in any other band. I, I defy you to try and find that in any other band, past, present, or future. Sexual Chocolate as a band, um, most people know it as, you know, one of the great bands of all time. Uh, you know, you have Prince and the Revolution, you have Sexual Chocolate. I think what separates Sexual Chocolate is their connection to the people. Like, would Prince be at a, a Black Awareness rally in Jackson Heights? Nah. I mean, I love Prince, but, you know, I haven't seen footage of him at one Black Awareness rally. Um, you know, George Clinton was, you know, strung out on drugs. And that's one thing you can say about Randy Watson. Randy, you know, there was that, everybody knows about that brief period in the late 70s when, um, you know, some people say that he had an addiction problem with jerry curl juice. I should've known you then, I saw the dripping from the driveway. But other than that, Sexual Chocolate is one of the great bands of all time. And unlike, you know, other bands with similar talent like Shalimar, uh, they never broke up, right? You never once heard about sexual chocolate not wanting to go on tour because they couldn't stand to be around each other or needing separate tour buses. They are the definitive R&B Black Awareness Rally in a suburb sponsored by a fast food bootleg franchise. They are the definitive band of that uh, genre. Man, sexual chocolate formed years ago. I want to say it was a uh... 1979 or so, something like that. You know, we, we used to hang out. Jackson Heights, you know what I'm saying? We was out there hanging out. And uh, I'm going to be honest with y'all, I really was the star of the group, you know. But Randy just wanted to have the little fame and stardom. So we let him have it. We let him cook, you know what I'm saying? We let him have it. But uh, really, it was my ideas, my group, if you know what I'm saying. If you if you can feel me. And and I, I also want to put this out there. Uh I was the stylist for the group. I did most of that thing, you know, putting that thing together. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, you know what I'm saying? I just want my money. $47. He owes me $47 for that last show that we did. And he did not pay me my money. $47. It's, it's you, Randy. I want my money. Is he a style icon? I mean, literally, you can think about the tuxedo, the blouse, the hair, the shoes, Anything that this man puts on is, it's like he's representing past, present, and future simultaneously in one outfit. People say that Randy Watson was the first one 
who wore a powder blue tuxedo. But, you know, if you know the backstory, if you read his uh, autobiography, I, Chocolate, Am Sexual, um, if you read that autobiography, you see that, that, you know, Sexual Chocolate was on tour and they had played, I think, like 20 or 30 dates and those tuxedos had begun to stink, stink and they were originally royal blue and Randy Watson, because he was so privileged because of his sexuality, he always had a woman around to wash his clothes. Um, he didn't know that you weren't supposed to put bleach in colored clothes. He accidentally bleached a royal blue tuxedo, and the rest is fashion history. Is Randy Watson's version of The Greatest Love of All, the definitive version of The Greatest Love of All. Well, that's the only one that I recognize. You know, I love Whitney Houston. You know, I had her album. But honestly, when I heard Randy's rendition of Greatest Love of All, I mean, the staccato, you know, the poetry in it, it's almost Shakespearean uh, in his musicality. I decided long ago never to walk in any one shadow. And so you, you think about, like, you know, the influences. You hear, like, Quincy Jones. You hear Miles Davis in it. You hear a little bit of Beethoven in it. You know, it's it's one of those things where you just have to sit and let it wash over you, almost like the wave of an ocean, um, in a way that I think Whitney tried. Uh, and she came close, but I think, you know, when you listen to Randy's rendition of it, especially in the end when he gets passionate, uh, I think that just kind of changes. I think you're forever changed. If I fail, if I succeed, you can't take away my dignity. So Randy Watson's version of I believe that children are the future or what white people call the greatest love of all. You know, I do believe that the Randy Watson version of I believe the children are our future. And I actually believe that is not the name of that song. The name of that song is actually something like uh, the greatest love of all, you know, and, and I believe that his version is the definitive version because, well, I don't really quite know what definitive means, but if you ask me, if I'm going to listen to any version of that song, I'm going to listen to the Randy Watson version. Cause let me tell you a little something. I believe the children are our future. And when Randy sang it, and, up, and I was up there playing, you know, I was bass playing, you know what I'm saying? When he was up there saying, I believed in him, and I was saying, you know what, the children are our future. Will we have a future if Randy Watson doesn't sing this? Because the greatest love of all inside of me. Check your chocolate! Next week on Dear Cultures, Truish Black Stories. I was spelling my butt off. I was enunciating each letter and each word, and they played me, but it's cool. I feel like that is the greatest impact that Akila has had on me, is introducing the concept of co-winning, because I was like, yo, what? What, she, I thought, wait, what? How the hell did that work? Where did they do that at? The co-winner of a spelling bee.
We started this podcast to talk about not just what Black writers write about, but how. Well, personally, it's on my bucket list to have one of my books banned. <laughs> I know that's probably bad, but Ooh. I think- Ooh, spicy. They were yelling N-word, go home. And I was looking around for the N-word because I knew it couldn't be me because I was a queen. <laughs> but I am telling people to quit this mentality of identifying ourselves yeah. by our work, to start to live our lives and to redefine the whole concept of how we work and where we work and why we work in the first place. My biggest strength throughout throughout my career has been having incredible mentors and specifically black women. You know, I've been writing poetry since I was like eight. You know, I've been reading Langston Hughes and James Baldwin and Maya Angelou and so forth and so on since I was like a little kid. Like the banjo was blackly black, right? Mm -hmm. For many, many, African. many years, everybody yes. knew. Cause sometimes I'm just doing some Sam that because <laughs> I just <laughs> want to do it. An honor to be here. Thank you for doing the work that you're doing. Keep shining bright. And we and, and like you said, we gonna keep writing black. As always, you can find us on the Grio app or wherever you find your podcasts.